Hey, Matt, how's it going? Jonathan, I'm doing great. I'm excited to do this. How are you doing? Uh, I'm excited, too. I'm doing well. Uh, this is the Agony of Defeat podcast. I'm Jonathan Weiler, professor in global studies here at UNC. And I'm Matt Andrews. I'm a professor in the Department of History, and Jonathan and I share a love of sports and politics and sports. Yes. So I'm looking forward to talking about sports, and Jonathan. And politics and sports. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's been a while since we've done this, I believe. You were just refreshing my, my memory. Yes. The last time we did one of these was about two years ago. That's amazing. Is it, it is really? It is amazing. We were, in the, we were in the depths of COVID still. So doing all these on Zoom. Correct. Okay. And, and the last one we did was my old buddy from grad school, Tom Schaller, who wrote a great book about Georgetown basketball and Miami football. I remember it. And race in the 1980s. That was the last time we, we got together for one of those. Yeah, that was a great book. So you can go back and listen to that podcast and hear us interview the author. And um, we're not on Zoom now. We're in, yes. in, I think I like you better on Zoom, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. So, anyway, it, yeah. It, this is good. I'm yeah. glad to, yeah. to get this going. And one of the reasons why we're getting it going, and we'll say more about her later, is our producer, Samantha Rubin, who's just uh, really tried to uh, egg us on and, yes. and make this happen. So Corral us into doing this. Looking forward to doing this. Yes, and thank you, Samantha, in advance. So what are we going to talk about today? So the first, so I think the general category today is college football. Okay. And the main topic is Neon Deion Sanders. Yeah, he's been in the news recently. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, his he the coach of the Colorado football program and the biggest sensation in college football this year, I think. Oh, without he, question. Without question. Yeah. That's all anyone has been talking about. Yeah. I actually, I think I've watched maybe two college football games this year, and they've been two Buffalo's games. Well, there, so. was a, there was a reference to people staying up till 2 o'clock in the morning watching Colorado, Colorado State go into overtime. Yeah, that's amazing. I was one of those people. Who oh, really? You were watching? Yeah, well, it, it was an awesome game. I actually wasn't. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a life, so I had gone, <laughs> gone to bed at that point. And that's still when they were undefeated, though, right? Correct, correct. They and won in, their first two games. Right. Shocking TCU right. in the opener. And then they the beat road. Nebraska also. They killed Nebraska. Yeah, right. And then they played Colorado State at home. And by then, every major celebrity was flying out to Colorado. Yeah, we will talk about the that, games. I assume. Yeah, he's really changed the vibe there. This is a yeah. team that was 1-11 and 11 the year before. And it basically 1-11 and 11 every year for the last 10 years. And, and, terrible. and just has a completely new roster this year. And we'll, we will talk about how they acquired that new roster. This Sounds year. good. Now, Jonathan, when I think of Colorado football, I think of Cordell Stewart. I so. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you know, Michael Westbrook, um, Jonathan, having gone to the University of Michigan, that's still one of the coolest plays of all. Were you a student? No, then? I was I was in grad school in UNC at the time, but okay. Matt is referring to a play in 1994 when in the very final seconds, Michigan was winning at home against Colorado, and Cordell Stewart threw, I think, the ball 75 yards in the say, air. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when to, they snapped the ball, were they like on the 35-yard line Yeah, or yeah, to Michael Westbrook. Yeah, that was right? amazing. Yeah. And it was one of the bitterest losses of my life. Sure. You know, and those are the glory years, and that's what Colorado football could be. Yes. Have you ever been, been to Boulder? And I seen, have not seen ever been to Boulder. Holy smokes, what a mm -hmm. beautiful setting for, for college football. Uh, so it, I'm glad that Colorado's back on the map. Well, and let's say one more thing about Colorado, speaking of where they could be. They actually shared a national championship. That's right. In 1990 with Georgia Tech, one of the weirder years in college football, but yeah. they 
were at that level for a long time. Yeah, was that the year they got five downs in one uh, of those games? Yeah, so it was against Notre Dame. I yeah, think, I, you have the, the, the best yeah, memory. Yeah, I remember yeah. the vague outlines yeah, of things, yeah, and you remember yeah. the year and the, yeah, the, the yeah. opponent. Well, good. Let's, anyway. Let's so, talk about Dion then. Yeah, and so I guess to get us started on that, I, I brought this up to you, Matt, last week because I have had just a number of friends saying to me, oh, Dion, it's so cool. Like, these are often casual sports fans right. who have just sort of caught Dion mania. Yeah. feel like he's this paradigm shifting. And you don't even need to be a casual sport fan. You could just be tapped into popular culture no, that, in the that, United States and you're thinking about that's Dion right. probably. That's right. And so, um, and I have been a little bit more ambivalent about Dion. Right. And what he has meant to Colorado and the way he's gone about re building a new program there. So that was the impetus for our deciding. Yeah, to, and when you told to me that you're ambivalent about Dion, I said, yeah, I'm ambivalent about Dion too. And okay. we said, well, that's going to be a lousy podcast. <laughs> Just two guys agreeing with right, each other. Right. But I think I'm rethinking it. You know, okay. when I said I'm ambivalent about Dion, I realized I think I'm ambivalent about what Dion used to be, the way I remember Dion. And maybe he's exactly the same guy mm -hmm. and I shouldn't change my my opinion but you know I, I wasn't all for Dion back in the day when he first burst on the scene out of Florida State with the flashy jewelry and then was playing football I mean well how first of all how amazing was Dion Sanders in the 1990s Dion was an indisputably all-time great football player yes indisputable yeah well, and people tell me he's you know maybe the greatest cornerback of all time the problem was we never got to see it because no one ever threw the ball his yes, way. Like yes, correct. Wh whoever he was guarding, it's like nice to know you. Yeah, you are not getting a pass thrown to the was, entire game. Yes, but but we should add that it wasn't just whoever he threw to; it was one whole side of the field. Correct. They didn't go anywhere you near could him. Not throw to. Yeah, so he was talking about a shut yeah. down corner, yeah. shut down an entire side, and then I don't know the, so, mo the most electrifying punt returner I've yes, ever seen. Right. Back right. at a time, remember when the actual stars returned. punts? Hunts, yes, return kick. Yes. Herschel Walker, well, Gail well, Sayers, they well, used to well, return kicks. Kicks used to get returned. They used to get Which get they returned. really don't exactly. anymore. Yeah, so. so why not put, you know, yeah. the star back there? All yeah. he's got to do is wave his arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so Dion was electrifying. Electric, incredible player. What do you think of him as a baseball player? So he played in part for the Yankees, my team. Yeah. Um, and I guess the Cincinnati Reds, right? Didn't he play played for the Reds. He, he was drafted by the Royals, apparently. Oh, I, I didn't actually know I that. looked that up okay. and I thought, okay. what? And then, of course, he was playing for the Braves. Yes, um, right. All those years when he was playing for the Falcons and the Braves. Yeah, so Dion was not a great baseball player, but he was a fun baseball player. When Dion got on base, it makes me think of what it was probably like when Jackie Robinson got on base. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. knew something was going to happen. You, you just got nervous because he was on base and all of the eyes were yeah. on Dion. Maybe something wasn't going to happen, but you thought at any yeah. moment yeah. something amazing. And, and one of his happen. highlights when he was on the Yankees was an inside the park home run. A rare event in baseball. Which what was the exact date and who was the pitcher? I actually don't know. Uh, <laughs> <how> disappointing. <laughs> but uh, but he was fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, but but men for football, very clearly. So, yeah. if I could talk yeah. about my ambivalence yes, about what yes. what Dion used to be. Yeah. So when I think of Dion Sanders as a baseball player, I think of a pretty low moment. I think in his career. Do you remember his dust up with Tim McCarver? in the National League yes. Championship yes. Series. 
it, it was the yeah. To, to say say more about that. yeah. It yeah. was the the uh, Braves against the Pirates. It was in 1992, and that's when Dion was going back and forth. Right, he was playing football by day and baseball by by night. And the Braves were in the the NLCS. And Tim McCarver, being kind of an old school announcer, criticized Dion uh, for for doing this. Like th- this isn't fair to the team. Agree, disagree, whatever. Uh, the Braves win the National League. Um, championship series. They're going to the World Series, and in the locker room while they're celebrating, Dion douses McCarver four times with cold buckets of water, and then runs away and hides behind his teammates and other players. And this is when McCarver just looked at Dion and said, "Oh, you're a real man, Dion. You know, you're a real That's right. man." That's right. Yeah. And that to me was a low moment. And when I think about Dion. Like, go up to McCarver and express your disapproval about what he said. Get into a fight with him in the clubhouse. <laughs> but don't sneak up behind him and, and dump water on him. But then, let's keep talking about baseball in 19... When did Cal Ripken do his thing, Jonathan? He, he broke the record, and the record for most consecutive... Is it 95? 95. 95, yes. right yes. after the, yep. the strike. I'm going to read a, read a quote to you here in my, in my research. I okay. came across this. I actually talk about this in my, my baseball history class. I'm sure Samantha remembers this. Um, back and forward. When Cal Ripken was... This is the story that makes me like Dion. When Cal Ripken was breaking um, Gehrig's record, Cal Ripken was everything that was right about sport. Mm -hmm. People were praising Cal Ripken endlessly. And there are a few reporters who were picking on Deion Sanders as the opposite of Cal Ripken. Like Cal Ripken is... Can I just interject, man, and say among the reasons that's weird is by then Deion hadn't played baseball in like three years. Right, but he was doing his doing his flashy football thing. Right, that, but I'm just saying. What, but even to bring him up, yeah, in a baseball context, in a baseball context, he, well, it, I guess it was more so, of a sports context, much, okay, much okay, more large. Okay, okay, Ripken is all okay. that's right with sports. Dion is uh, all that's wrong uh, with sports. He's uh-huh. flashy. He's self-aggrandizing. There was a guy named Max Boot for the Wall Street Journal. Listen, what he, what he wrote. It's hard to think of two men who are more different. One, the flashy prime time, and the other, the no nonsense Iron Man. Their differences speak volumes about the challenges confronting not only professional sports, but society in general. Sports used to be full of Cal Ripkins. Now it's full of Deion Sanders's. Can pro sports, or America in general, survive those conditions? No racial coding there. <laughs> no. I honestly, <laughs> Let us note. <laughs> what is this guy saying? Can America survive Deion Sanders? I mean, so when people say that about Deion Sanders, with the... With the that makes me want to support so, so So, Matt, since we haven't been on the air in a while, if you will, sure. I want to briefly remind our audience or prompt our audience that some of the themes you and I have most commonly discussed over the years, going back to our first podcast, which was about Muhammad Ali right after he died in 2016. I thought we started with Kaepernick, or was it Ali? It was the same podcast. It was the same podcast. It was the same right. podcast, yeah. yes. Um, about the black athlete being seen as or held up to a standard that if they don't keep their mouth shut and do exactly what Jackie Robinson yeah. did and eat shit yeah. all the time, yeah. all um, the that they are they're, they're defying the traditions of sport. And yeah. in some more basic way, they're undermining 
the values of American society. Yeah, well, that and Western so, civilization Western is at civiliz- risk. Is, here, is, according is, to this is guy. at stake. So I just, you know, just to, this. This has been a through line. Yeah, and 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 less people think we're exaggerating that things like this Max Boot editorial they pop up over and over again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> throughout sports history. And think about Ripken. I know we're not we're talking about Ripken. Ripken had just been on strike the year before, right? He was yes. a member of the MLB yes. Players, and I'm yes. all for them going on strike because yeah. they yeah. were not not being tra- treated fairly. But imagine yeah. if Deion Sanders had been the, the player who was on right. on on right. strike. You know, right. the, the target he right. would have had yeah. coming out of Mac, Max Boot snipers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So. Thinking back to those two moments, mm-hmm. I'm ambivalent about Sanders. Mm-hmm. I, I I find him problematic at times, or I did. I thought he was a coward, frankly, the way he was dealing with mm-hmm. McCarver. But I want to stick up for him when he's talked about yes. that yeah. way. Yeah. So I thought I was going to be ambivalent about him moving forward. But now let's hear your... Okay, so I'll tell you why I'm ambivalent about him now. Yeah. And rereading today, sort of reminding myself of some of what happened. So to back up, Deion Sanders, after his playing career, was an announcer for a long time. And then just a couple of years ago, was hired as the head coach of Jackson State University, an historically black college in Mississippi. Yeah, and that was a cool moment. A co- really cool moment. That school is best known for producing the great Walter Payton. Yeah, right. Um, and... Dion was really exciting at Jackson State because historically black colleges over the last, you tell me, Matt, 40, well, 50 years really, have been kind of an afterthought in college football. Yeah, ever since right? desegregation happened ever since at the major universities. They, and they, desegregation obviously is good, yeah. but it also had this interesting and adverse impact on... It had a cost to the uh, This cost on this, yeah. this, these schools that had these great sports traditions. Yeah, yeah. So to see a guy like Dion come to Jackson State with his high profile... Right. ...and immediately be very successful, and then... Very successful. Hey, Mary, he made a big deal about going there. He said God, God called him. Yes, God, yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. I, um, Sure, why yeah. not? He wears a big cross. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, no, so it, it, yeah. It was a crusade for, for yeah. Deion Sanders. Crusade's a good word. And in addition to doing well on the field in the Southwest Athletic Conference, a, right. a black uh, uh, athletic conference, he started to recruit at a level that we have not seen. Yeah. A coach at a school like that recruiting a long time. Well, I'm kind of the right guy at the right place at the right time because yes. after George Floyd and all of the racial reckoning, there was a thought going around like uh, among young black athletes, why are we going to the yes. historically white colleges? Why that's aren't right. we going to the HB? I, that's, that's a conversation to be had. Yeah, and so he recruited, I think, the first five-star player. That's right. To an historically black college. Wasn't his son, was it? It was, this was, no, it was, okay. I'm, I'm now blanking yeah. on the name of the great two-way player yeah. in Colorado. Yeah, right. Um, and then, of course, his sons happen to be very good football players, yeah. one of whom is a quarterback. That guy's good. Yeah, Shador <laughs> yeah, Sanders. He's, he's very good. to watch. Yeah. Um, I was actually just looking at Mel Kuyper, the, the NFL draft guru, considers him a likely first-round pick next year. It's so. not real unless Mel Kuyper says exactly, it's real. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, so anyway, this is to say when, he, when Dion was at Jackson State, I was really into it. Okay. Um, Season they, ticket holder, watching all of their games, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> that, I know, maybe I not know, quite. I yeah, <laughs> but I, I was excited by everything that meant. Yeah, and he was going to build a, a program there and a legacy. Yeah, and he was committed yeah. to the whole HBCU project. And then he got an offer he couldn't refuse. He got a better offer. He got a better offer, a five-year, thirty million dollar deal to yeah. jump to 
a Power Five conference, a school, yeah. Colorado, that's been bad in recent years, but has a history. Yeah. And so already, I didn't love that, but I'm also, I'm not going to begrudge him. No. For, you know. Someone who we both love and respect, like and respect, I don't want to say I love, yeah. but yeah. Bamani Jones, I don't know him, so yeah. how yeah. can I love him? But yeah. yeah. Bamani Jones was was pretty outwardly critical yeah. for Dion yeah. for, for yeah. doing that. I, I thought he was a little harsh talking about yeah. Jack, that could not have been an easy place. To, remember they didn't have water in Jackson, yes. Mississippi? Yes. That is not a place yes. where you're going to yeah. be able to coach at your best, where you're going get, to get the best out of your athletes. And, I, I can see why. And they, I would not claim that where I faced with that choice, I would have made a different one. Right, and we've you seen know. lots of other coaches do it. Yes. Okay, but yes. was it the, the, the rhetoric of the crusade? And yeah, then I think it was the ahead? rhetoric of the crusade, and it was just my excitement at the idea of an HBCU. Yeah, I know. Becoming a real football power. That yeah. was um, okay. So he jumps to Colorado, which I, I'm. I wasn't. I was disappointed for my own inconsequential reasons. But then when he got to Colorado, he there's a very famous video in the spring yeah. where he convenes the players who are on the roster of Colorado then. Yeah, and he basically tells them. He basically you can modify this map, but he basically tells them. Most of you suck. Yeah. You're not going to... I'm getting rid of you. Right. In this way that... I, what we're going to talk about more is, is college football, is it a professional sport? Yeah. Or is it an educational enterprise? Are these kids or adult professionals? And, and my complaint about Dion in this context is in the worst way, he's treating them like they are disposable property. So I get it. I so that was my sort of beef about how he entered Colorado. Um, please, guarantee it's gonna be so special. Huh? We got a few positions already taken care of because I'm bringing my luggage with me, and it's Louis. Okay, it ain't gonna be no more of the mess that these wonderful fans, the student body. And some of your parents have put up with for probably two decades now. I'm coming. And when I get here, it's going to be changed. So I want y'all to get ready to go ahead and jump in that portal and do whatever you're going to get. Because the more you jump in, the more room you make. Yeah, no, I could see that. Part of me wondered, having re-seen the video recently, if he was hoping that some of these guys would step up and say, not me, you're, you're cutting. I'm going to prove to you. Like, he was laying down the gauntlet, challenging them. What do you say? I'm bringing in my own luggage, and it's Louis Vuitton. And, you know, I mean, you want a good quote, right? Yeah. Bring in Dion Sanders. Yeah. You see yeah. what he said when the, just last weekend when they played UCLA and all of their, their, their jewelry got, got stolen, apparently, the players' <laughs> jewelry? He said they call he was at the Rose Bowl. He said... You know, they they call the the Rose Bowl the granddaddy of them all. Well, something tells me granddad's got a little money in his pockets. So let's pay the pay the players back. You know, Dion is funny. Yeah. Oh no, without a doubt, without a, without a doubt. On yeah. his door, apparently, yeah. it says, uh, "Are you working or are you twerking?" Um, so yeah, uh, Dion's yeah. good for a for a soundbite. Yeah. So yeah, that was done without grace. To your question, though, you know. What is college football? Is it, I mean, I don't think you were really asking that, were you? No, I was not. Really yeah, is, is yes. it an educational mission or is it yeah. pro pro yeah. sports? Yeah, 
he's a pro coach. Yes. And he's essentially said that. I'm getting paid. My players are getting paid. His son's making four and a half million dollars a year, I'm yes. told, on, yeah. on, on, or his on, on NIL. His NIL value. Oh, what's the difference? I, Educate me. I think, I think what that means is whoever sort of calculates that says, here's how much he could his make potential given if, his brand. I see. So we don't know yeah. what, he's, what he's made. We know he's he, making yeah. a nice amount of money for sure. Yeah. Uh, whether it's four and a half million or one and a half million. Yeah. He's, he's doing just fine. And of course, his father's Deion Sanders, so he's doing fine. Anyway. He's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, so, Matt, one more thing just about sure. that, about Dion's quote. There was a Good Time Magazine article that you shared with me um, about Dion, in which he was quoted as saying, look, they're all getting paid now, but that's not actually true. No, they're not all getting paid. Right. So, that, so I think that's back to my question, is this educational or professional? The enterprise is professional. Yes. A lot of the kids on scholarship, that is all they have. Yeah. And if he's cutting them and they have to leave school, I don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on yeah. them wherever they go. So I'm just a little uneasy sure. about that. I guess this is the mindset of the alpha dog football player. Football is not a, you know, it's not a democracy. Yeah. It's a dog-eat-dog yeah. world. Yeah. Now, this is fair, Jonathan, from... My point of view, thinking about Dion, and yeah, he could have handled that with more grace. He could have been more sensitive to the students, I guess, to the athletes. Um, but what I love about him, and I, I'm, I'm sure you do too, he's like a hypocrisy meter. You know, he, he's just exposing the hypocrisy of the whole system and all of the other coaches out there saying he's not doing it. The I mean, some of these guys. Oh my God! He's yes. not doing it the right way. I wouldn't yeah. do something like that. I don't believe in the transfer portal. That's because you're not getting guys in the transfer exactly. portal. Exactly. If you could get guys in the transfer yes. portal, yes. you would be yes. you would believe in the transfer portal. Yeah. He's just coming in and exposing that the whole system. He said it. The system's about money. Yes. This is all the system and, is, and we're here to to get paid and. His players are getting paid. And to your point about him being a hypocrisy meter, that's a good way to say it. First of all, I think that's a reason that a number of my otherwise uninterested friends were like, oh, I really like what Dion is doing. Yeah. And yeah. second, let me be clear who I'm not comparing him to. Compared to people like Dabo Sweeney. Yes, Who exactly. I hate, actually. Yes. Yeah, me, me as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, Dabo Sweeney, who signs a 10-year, $100 million contract, and then complains that players, once they even have the prospect of being paid, yeah. are, quote, entitled. And maybe Dabo will go do something else if players do start getting paid. It's like, Dabo, so they've been paid now for three yeah. years. I yeah. don't see you walking away from your $100 million contract. Yeah. So, so to your point, Dion is certainly no worse than any of those guys. No. And in fact, I think he is more direct about what this is. I think he's better than those, yes. those yes. guys. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of, and maybe we should pivot to talking about NIL a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, which, which changes the it, entire system. Insofar as I think there's still these clearly exploitative elements in big-time college athletics that the coaches, the universities, the networks are making billions of dollars yeah. on the backs of players, some of whom are getting paid and some of whom are really not. Yeah. You know, Dion is both a hypocrisy meter and he's a participant. He's a participant in it. Yeah, yeah but he's yeah. 
He's uh, adding to the coffers of his players. I mean, being, he, that is true. Being that at is Colorado true. You're right. is, You're right. is putting them in the You're right. in the limelight. You're right. And he, I'd like to know more about how much they're sharing in that. Uh, you know, including yeah. Like the guys below the yeah the top ten. Travis right. Hunter, by the way, is the five. Travis Hunter, yeah, right. two way player who I'm sure is also making a lot of money. Yeah, and I understand yeah. different schools are doing this in different way. I was reading an article about Michigan and Sports Illustrated how the big stars are sharing the money with the guys oh, underneath, which is awfully generous yes, of them. Uh, but yes, but, it is. but it's like running back sharing it with their offensive linemen. Right. You know, remember right. when. Eric Dickerson would run for 2,000 yards and all of his line, linemen would get like a Rolex. <laughs> now it's like, I'm going to give you a yeah, check for $50,000. Yeah. Matt, do you like, give right. your TAs Rolexes for all the good work they Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Yeah, if they say otherwise. <laughs> Don't believe them. Don't believe yeah. them. Yeah. Well, how do you want to relate this to, to NIL? So then? so I guess just to spend a few minutes on that, because as, you, as you've said, this is now unabashedly, indisputably a business, and it is a multi-billion dollar business. And one of the things that the people like Mark Emmert, the longtime former head of the NCAA, were sure was going to happen once players started getting paid at all, was that interest in college sports would dry up. That what made people interested in college sports was precisely that the players were amateurs who did not get paid. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's turned out <laughs> yeah. in the three years now, since yeah. players, some of them are getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. That interest in college sports is yeah. as great as ever. This isn't the same guy, but it's the same position as president of the NCA that in 1976, um, Walter Byers went before Congress and said that Title IX is the death knell of college sports. That's right. You know, now, yeah. now that women are going to be playing sports, we're not going to have college sports. Yes. So don't believe anything. The, yeah. I think I, I know you know this. Yeah, don't yeah, believe yeah. anything yeah. the NCAA yeah. says yeah. ever. Yeah. 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 But I guess so I guess the reason I'm interested in NIL in the context of this discussion is some of those very same friends um, who I'm using as stand-ins. Are these real for, people or are these like voices in your <laughs> imaginary, head? Imaginary. Yeah. They are stand-ins for public opinion. They're my informal focus group. <laughs> okay. Who are really excited about Dion or also have expressed a lot of anxiety about NIL. No. It's the Wild West. Right. So it's the Wild West. These players are making millions of dollars and they and they transfer schools willy-nilly whenever they want and there's no continuity. We can and argue about that, but how can you be pro Dion well, and and anti NIL? That doesn't yeah, make any sense yeah, to me because yeah. Dion is the NIL coach. He I is, mean, I agree. Yeah, I but agree. okay, okay. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. these are decent people. And they're just a little confused. <laughs> a little I confused. Would, I would argue. But so yeah, I guess I'm just I'm interested in the there is a feeling that players making all this money, A, and B, moving in the large numbers they are, is, is to use this term that's used all the time now, creating a Wild West in college. Sure. And, and, and the fact that it started the same time as the transfer portal, NIL and yes. transfer portal, yes. same time. Yes. It's chaos. Yes. There, there's no doubt about it. It's, yeah. People are yeah. figuring it out, yeah. figuring out yeah. the rules. I guess my question would be, has NIL and the transfer portal changed college sports in any meaningful way other than the fact that the players now have more freedom i'm talking and um, and money and freedom yeah money right. and freedom yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i'm talking yeah. competitive balance i'm talking the sanctity like is there a meaningful way in which the sport is different all right so, so i'll i'll ask you to answer that question first i have thoughts about it also but. i would say no um yeah. i we, we have the same schools on top we've got the same coaches making a lot of money it's probably just 
ghettoizing other schools quicker than otherwise would happen, but the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. It's the same system that was already existing. It's the whole thing has just been accelerated. So I agree. And one of the things that I always found amusing as NIL was coming closer and closer and the hand-wringing about it was getting more and more intense was this is going to ruin competitive balance. And I thought... Have you looked at the recruiting rankings in football for the last? It's Alabama, yeah. Georgia, Ohio State. You know the some, rankings just came out. Those are the. the they, I mean, Alabama's seven, but they'll be in there. No, but they, that hasn't. You know, that hasn't changed no, in a decade, ten or fifteen years. This is why I actually find college football, and I know people don't like it. I find it boring mm-hmm. because there are no surprises in college football. It's the same four schools. Yes. At the end, every single year. Eh, TCU will manage to sneak right, in right, 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 and then right. lose by 95 points in the national championship <laughs> yeah, game. Because yeah, yeah. they had no yeah. business being yeah, there yeah, 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 in yeah. the first place. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how they... Well, actually, the Michigan, interesting information about them not stealing signs. Yes, or, yes, we, we yes, can talk yes, about we that. Can talk about little, that yeah, so yeah. the whole system to me, I, I already know who the four schools are right. going to be. I don't really, but right. I have a pretty good good guess, so why even watch? But but But, but to... Your question, to go back to your question, and it's related to what you just said, is the right question. Has anything meaningfully changed? And the answer is no, it hasn't. Right. The sport is the same. Right. The same teams are dominant. Right. The fans are watching in the same numbers they always have, if not more. Dabo Sweeney's doing less well because he's not embracing the transfer portal. And you've got to evolve, brother. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what sports are. Coaches yes. got to evolve. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so I th- yes, so I think the answer is no. It really has changed almost nothing. Right. I think people just have a general sense that it's chaotic in a way that feels unsustainable. Yeah. And and I and I think one answer to that, the Congress is the NCAA is now begging Congress to pass some kind to, of law, yeah, to regulate, regulate to give, us, to, regulate yes, us, to give them to give the NCAA a limited antitrust exemption. Yeah, um, I think that's unlikely to happen. Yeah, and the answer, if you don't like the chaos, is frankly collective bargaining. Huh. Acknowledge that the players. Are in fact players. Yeah, they are labor under yeah. nas- under American labor law. Yeah, which the National Labor Relations Board has already found. Yeah, and once you have collective bargaining, then you can limit yeah. their movement. Well, that's you interesting. Can, you know, and then you can impose yeah. things like salary caps or whatever you want to do. Yeah. So so yeah, be, be careful what what we're wishing for here because I find college sports so much less problematic now than they were three years ago. I kind of couldn't watch college football with a straight face, knowing what was happening to the players and that yes. they were getting nothing. Yes. And now they're getting paid. Yes, now they're getting uh, paid. Yes. Not all of them. And so yeah. we need to come up with some sort of minimum wage yes. for, for the other guys. Yes. But the the stars are not being exploited anymore. I no, they are not. I don't think. And for all those people who believe in the market, the market is speaking. Exactly. Exactly. Drake May, the UNC quarterback, yeah. were all, there were all sorts of rumors that other programs were offering him $5 million to leave last year. Yeah. Well, you know what that means. 
he was worth $5 million to whomever yeah, was making I know, that offer. I know. Yeah, I wonder if those stories so, are, yeah, are, are true. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard them too. No, yeah. and the schools are getting organized and they're going to start having these these trust funds and finding positions. Yes, and yes. But it's just going to be the same. Well, there are going to be some new schools in the mix. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yes, there will. There might be doubt. some very, very wealthy donor yeah. at a less prominent school who maybe puts them on the map in a way they weren't before. Well, or, and I'll turn this into a... Prediction then, the, the school that I think of that's going to do this is SMU. SMU uh-huh. is about to join the ACC. And I think a monster is Which about, makes all the sense in the world. It, it, sure. it is, Dallas school. It's on the Atlantic Coast. On the Atlantic Coast. Yeah, on the Atlantic Coast. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. They are coming. I know you, you, you saw this. You know They had to give up less TV money to join the ACC. And their donor said, no, no problem. How much money do you need? They got $100 million from donors. <laughs> and at least that's the report. In one week, so I'm told there's some significant oil money in Texas. There, it, there sure is, that, and to yeah. connect these stories, don't get used to Deion Sanders being your coach, Colorado. That dude's going to SMU. Uh-huh. They are going to pay him twenty five million dollars a year. I mean, what were the top guys make? Eight million dollars? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So they'll just yeah. pay Deion yeah. twenty five million dollars. Right. It's a drop in the bucket. He'll bring all his players. He'll get all the best players. They already like him in Dallas. We got a pro team coming into right. into our stadium in a in a couple of years. SMU is going to be a monster. So SMU, for those who don't know, they already happens, did this once. Happens to have been the center of probably the single most significant scandal yeah. in college football history forty years ago. Yeah, it's forty years ago. They were actually given what the NCAA called the death penalty. Yeah. They were banned from playing for two years. They've been resurrected, Jonathan. Because in the 1980s, they had a payroll, and they were outright playing Yeah. So they're already, they're already good at this so, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so now yeah. they're just going to Now be, it's legal. Now so, it's legal, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. here it comes. Yeah. One last thing about Dion, you, and you mentioned Dabo. Um, Dion or Dabo, are most coaches going to be like Dion or like Dabo in 10 years? I mean, is, is Dion a tipping point? Are we going to see what what is amazing about Dion? Yeah, you said you've never been to Boulder. I have never been to Boulder. That is a white city, man. Yes, that yes. is a white city. I of, saw the population is it's one percent African American. That sounds right. It's about one yeah, percent Af- yeah, African American. Yeah, yeah. But game day for Colorado games now, you got black stars, you got rappers, you got movie stars. Like somehow he's turned Boulder black. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, it and that's amazing. good because Boulder could use a little. Yeah. Yeah. Diversity there. Yeah. Is it going to be all these young, hip, black coaches tapped into the players they're re- recruiting? Or is it in 10 years, is it going to be the Sabins and the Kellys and the Dabos who are holding, you know, baptisms on the, like literally baptisms on the field? Uh, uh, my skepticism, and in part I'm thinking about the NFL. Yeah where hiring of black coaches has, if anything, gone backwards in the last 10 years. But they got the Rooney rule, so... They, yes. Yeah, I know. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah. So... Or maybe they don't even have it anymore. Did they just... No, get... they, I think they still do have it. All right. They more or less ignore it. Yeah. But, so, I, I would like to think that what you're suggesting is true, that there will be more people like Dion in the, in the ranks of sort of the, the elite college football programs. But I worry. Yeah. Whatever, worry. It doesn't matter whether I worry or not. But I'm guessing people like Dabo and Brian Kelly. They have the ears know, of the donors. Yeah. and Because they, they, they're, they're, they're the same guys. They will adapt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we've seen it in college basketball where we have young black coaches coming in. None with the 
with the savoir faire of David no, Sanders. No, 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 I mean, that, no, that's a different deal. No, yeah. No, yeah. All right. All right. Let's switch gears quickly. I want to talk about another college football story. Your University of Michigan, every time I turn on the internet, there's some <laughs> article about this sign stealing. And I literally have not read anything about it. Could you explain to me what you have done? Okay, so I should start by saying, yes, I'm a Michigan alum. And I should start by saying that you and I, a few years ago, did a podcast about the Houston Astros. Oh, we did. Okay, good. Including their sign stealing. Yeah. And as a Yankee fan, uh, I was outraged. Outraged. <laughs> okay. So I want to acknowledge my partisan... Your hypocrisy. My hypocrisy. Thank you. <laughs> about all things sports related. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so we'll, we'll start there. Okay. So the Michigan sign stealing story is that there is a guy who is a low-level, recently-hired staffer at Michigan, Connor Stallions. I think he went to the Naval Academy. Okay. Um, So I don't know if that means he's got some... Military intelligence. Military intelligence. That's what that means. uh, Background, but a story has emerged in the last few months that he has been at the center of a plot by Michigan to steal other teams' signals. And you're not allowed to do that? So the funny thing is, right, so you are not allowed to scout other teams in person. If I'm watching a game on television, if I'm watching Ohio State, right. and I can figure out all of their signals from watching them on television, right. which a number of coaches have said, as this scandal has unfolded, they can do that. There's no rule against that. What I cannot do is go in person and witness them in person and steal the signs. Oh, even in a game, not even in a not game. Not just practice. You you cannot e- go to a practice game. or a game. Okay. So so there is a rule. All right. The rule has no accompanying punishments. Okay. But you're just told you are not allowed to do it. I'm guessing this rule is broken often. So the general consensus. I'm not saying by Michigan. I'm saying the, the general often. consensus is that most programs, if not all, do this. Okay. So what's the problem? So I would say the problem is, one, it is a rule. Okay, yeah, fine. And if you caught breaking the rule, sure. you that's one. And I agree, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. it's a good rule, maybe it's a bad rule, but if yeah. it's a rule and it's you get rule. caught, yeah. And All right. two, it does seem as if, well, there's actually another problem we're going to raise in a moment. It does seem as if Michigan may have been more systematic in trying to gather this intelligence, although we don't know. So better at it. Yeah, better. So by the way, <laughs> right. we, we know this is happening because someone hacked the computers of Michigan coaches. Oh, nice. That's how we know this, <laughs> by the way. So that's a whole other story. I smell Ohio State. <laughs> well, in fact, that is the general feeling, <laughs> well, that just... somebody connected to the Ohio State uh-huh. program hacked Michigan coaches' yeah. networks. Sure. Leak the story to the NCAA. Which is illegal in and of itself, I think. It's probably illegal in and of itself. All right. And in that sense, not illegal in an NCAA sense, but in in an FBI sense. Oh, right. Exactly. (laughs) And so what's the third problem? All right. So, but I would say here's a problem I have with Michigan's defense. Okay. Okay. Michigan says this was a low-level staffer. We didn't know anything about it. I doubt it. Okay, but here's the question. If you didn't know anything about it, yeah. did you nonetheless use the information from the sign stealing in your game plan? And if so, then where did so, the information was coming from? Well, how could you not have known about it? Yeah, so, <laughs> so that, that doesn't, doesn't really add that doesn't up, hold I have to water. say. <laughs> and I was just, so I guess I lied. I guess I, had, I, I was reading one thing about it. 
when TCU beat Michigan in the Final Four last year, yes. apparently they knew about it, yes. and they're now saying they were using it against Michigan. They were using dummy signs, yes. and then the Michigan guys would go one way, and they'd, they'd go, which all, all is fair there. Yes, but all of which then begs the question, why when every other team... If you know Michigan is stealing your Why signs, aren't you doing it? change your signs. Look, every right? team, Jonathan, has 10 guys on the sideline whose job, and by job I mean they're probably getting paid, yes. to do all these ridiculous hand gestures. They're holding up signs of, yeah. you know, uh, irons and sheep and palomino right. roans, which they is a horse. They cast happy days Yeah, or whatever. it's like, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah. I mean, can yeah. you not figure out a way to yes. deliver signs without them being... Yes stolen yes. I, i'm guessing this guy wasn't a total genius with his with his sketchpad or his I'm, iphone I, I, I'm, was... I'm guessing not yeah somehow he so it just seems to me the teams need to be better at yes this. so so how this is likely to resolve itself yeah first the ncaa is undertaking some kind of investigation when harbaugh was already suspended for three games for i have no idea what for, to be for recruiting violations from the COVID year okay um, okay, so the NCAA is investigating. That will take months because the NCAA takes a long time to investigate. The NCAA is a streamlined, transparent organization, <laughs> Jonathan. I've been yes. saying it all my life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. With like four investigators to investigate <laughs> hundreds of programs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they will take months to investigate. Okay. Which means this probably will have no effect on Michigan's prospects this season. Okay. Uh, and at some point they will issue a notice of allegations, Michigan will respond, there will be appeals. Right. And two or three years from now, in all likelihood, we will have a resolution of this set of issues long after it's no longer happening. And Harbaugh will be in the NFL by now, or do you think Harbaugh he'll still be? Harbaugh may well be in the NFL. And see, so as a Michigan person, your, your, your finger is on the pulse. Are, are people getting a little tired of Harbaugh now? I mean, he's beating I, Ohio State Yes, now, so, so. so we are actually in a new mini golden age in Michigan football as it happens. Yeah. But at the same time, Harbaugh, Harbaugh wears out his welcome. Yeah, he does. He's an intense dude, and he yeah. wears out his welcome. He was yeah. on, you know, for, did it at Stanford, did it for the, for the 49ers. Well, here's the thing that um, as I, uh, you know, tried to prep for this, conversation who's this paul feinbaum guy on espn who who has strong opinions am i supposed to know who this guy is so paul feinbaum is a native new yorker okay who spent many years he became a star talk radio guy in alabama of all places okay and then parlayed that into this t- job as a talking head at okay. espn all right, so, so that's he's a yak. He's a professional yak. Got it. He's a yak, yeah. and he's on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. He's yeah. doing well. And I heard yeah. him today talk about how uh, what Jim Harbaugh has done is disgusting. That was the word that he kept using. Okay. This is disgusting. Okay. And I don't like to excuse one thing by saying, "Yeah, but it's not this, or yeah. it's not that." But every time I turn on ESPN. Or get them online. That's all people are talking about. You think about. this is Watergate. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You would think yeah. it was Watergate. Yeah. Yeah. And in the meantime, just to pick the one thing that is disgusting, we've got a coach up at Liberty, this freeze guy, who was involved in a sexual assault scandal at Baylor, is now the coach over there, just hired the former AD at Baylor who covered all this stuff up. They're, they're, all, they're now in charge at, at, at Liberty. And he's going after female students who have made allegations of sexual assault 
against his players. He's, he's getting on Instagram and direct messaging them and telling them they don't know what they're talking about. Like, that is disgusting. That is disgusting. That needs to be the story. I, I know people are tired of this story, but we yeah. shouldn't be tired of this yeah. story. And when he hired this AD, he defended this guy by saying he has a Jesus-like personality. Yeah. He said this at Liberty. Well, we should note that Baylor and Liberty are two of the the more Christian schools in the United States. Yeah. But when it comes to how they conduct their football programs. Yeah. And you know, I'm not even to, going, and I know you're not saying yeah, this, I'm not yeah. going after the Christian university. No, 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 no. But no, no, I'm no. going after that guy. Yeah. Who's, yeah. This is what's disgusting. But, and we're worried I, about Jim Harbaugh stealing I stuff. guess I bring that up because one theme of our conversation today is hypocrisy. Yeah. And this is a particularly egregious manifestation. Yeah. Okay. So you've told me the whole story. You know what? I don't care <laughs> at all. I just don't. I, I don't understand why I should yeah, should yeah. care. Good for Michigan. Good for Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, if yeah. it was if it was Duke doing this, Samantha, right? We would have a serious problem. That's with it, right. Or, right. That's yeah, right. or if it was Samantha's uh, shaking her head. Yeah, she, she's she's out for blood. Just thinking about it. Or if it was yeah. the Dodgers yeah. doing it again. Yeah. Well, my Giants are the are the you know they they invented sign stealing yeah. <laughs> back in nineteen fifty one. I guess it was going on be, before that. All right, but just to just to wrap up, okay. Since I mentioned the Astros and I was up in arms about their sign stealing last year after a big crackdown and a new electronic communication system, which presumably makes that impossible. They won the World Series. Yeah, right. Okay, so so they were probably <laughs> how yeah. much did could that really have? And they were on the that? cusp again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Excellent yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm standing by my original. I, I'm just going to say it again. College football is kind of boring me because it's the same teams, the same stuff. We're arguing about stuff that just doesn't really right. matter. Are you rooting for Deion Sanders? But 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 well, I was going to say to you, you're saying college football is boring, but it sounds like. Dion is one of the few things that's keeping your attention this year. Yeah, right? uh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. you know, they got waxed by Oregon. They, they, what did, what happened against Stanford? I don't watch that game. Twenty nine, right. nothing. And they, they lost to your alma mater. Somehow UCLA. lost. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. The, but most of the fans there were rooting for for Dion yeah. too. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll see so, where where it goes. But he's he's going to be at SMU in a couple of years. Well, you're probably right. But to, to answer your question, am I rooting for him? I'm not sure, but I will definitely be paying. Close attention. To all right, it. fair enough. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. yeah. Hey, all right. This wasn't too bad. No, yeah, I, I don't think, think. Samantha's we're, awake. We're still. still we're so. still. We're shaking the rust off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but our but our intention is to resume a regular. Oh, it's in my calendar, Jonathan. Yes. Two so. two weeks. We're we're doing it again. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about basketball. I think next time I'm looking in forward fact, to it. In fact, Bill Russell and Bill Walton, the two Bills. Yeah.